Learn about all this stuff? YouTube. Money's going to come and go. Get it into something that's passive. Your assets, your value. How are you going to get paid? Six to eight hundred bucks. It's probably around ten million. Welcome to the OneVerse Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the OneVerse Podcast, the number one podcast in the metaverse. I am Neilverse. This is Isaac. And today, we got a special, special guest. He is an entrepreneur, a legend in social media and sales with over $100 million in online sales, mentoring multiple people around the world. It's Wes. Welcome, Wes. What's up, guys? Good to be here. Good to be here. What's up? I hit that button too many times. My bad. I, and now I know I just hit it once. <laughs> man, thank you for coming, man. Thank you for coming to the Wanderers podcast, man. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. My pleasure, man. This podcast is amazing. So it's an honor to be here. Maybe yeah, dude. I appreciate that. Yeah, we do, man. It's a pretty amazing spot, isn't it? It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, this is this is about as dope as it gets, man. This is almost too cool. So I love it. This is man. Cool. Right on, dude. So, what got you started or interested into getting an Oculus? Man, you know what? I um, I, did you guys ever see that movie uh, Ready Player One? Mm-hmm. Oh, love that movie. Big time, yes. It, it, just that 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 whole movie. Just here, here's what was trippy about that movie is that you know how it's like people put on the Oculus, for example. And they can be anyone. They can do anything. And right. they can go anywhere, whatever, right? But then they most people take it off and they're like, oh, now I'm in the real world. But what I realized is that when I take the Oculus off, I'm still in the game. You know, my my avatar, my player, Wes Bewley, in the real world, quote unquote, can go do and be anything, right? So the more, the thing I love about this you know, the metaverse, Oculus, whatever, Horizons Worlds, is that I can go explore. But then when I take my Oculus off, I try to make real life the same as it is here. And so I'm always trying to, like, bring this, this like, you know, what do we call this universe, metaverse, to the real world and live an awesome life, you know? So anyways, I just... I don't know. I've always been a gamer and, and I love, uh, I love uh, the freedom, how you can just go and do and be anything in here. I just try to, you know, translate that to the real world as well. So that was kind of a weird answer, wasn't it? Yeah, dude. That's interesting. So pretty much Ready Player One was your inspiration to like, oh, I'm, I need to get into this metaverse, this whole get in Oculus and tap in. So that yeah, was kind well, of like I, initial spark. Yeah, when I first saw that movie, I thought, oh my gosh, that's so far away. So then whenever yeah. they came out with the Oculus, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's kind of close. We're here. Then, <laughs> yeah, we're here. And then, yeah. I mean, as soon as now they're starting to work on haptic suits. You know what I mean? It's only a matter of time. The gloves, I was, I was thinking, yeah, yeah, I was thinking like 20, 30 years. I'm thinking more like four or five years before we're wearing haptic suits, like boxing, whatever, you know, so. Um, I think it's going to be less than that, honestly. I honestly think will. it's probably going to be like two years max, to be honest. Yeah, you really? Yeah, I, I know I, I know Facebook has like, 
doesn't Facebook have like 120,000 engineers working on the metaverse full time? Y'all know that? Yeah, they have some ridiculous stuff, but I know they have multiple projects going on at the same time. All I know is that different aspects of AR and VR. Yeah, dude. All I know is that they definitely dumped about like what is it, ten billion dollars into the metaverse, into like this 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 program. So ten billion dollars. You definitely got to have a lot of engineers, coders, programmers, everything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Dude, so so what was your first experience in that? Like when you popped in, like when you first put on that VR headset and you actually got into Horizon, the space that we're in. What was your first initial thoughts when you got in here? It was better than I imagined. You know, you like you can't like it's funny when I try to explain Oculus to people. I'm like, you need to get an Oculus. But you need to you need to come hang out in the metaverse. They're like, huh? And I don't blame them because you can't you can't imagine what it's like in here until you just get yourself an Oculus headset. So one of the things I'm doing as an entrepreneur is we've got a big uh, online event happening in uh, September. So what I'm going to do is throw an after party in the metaverse. And so if you want to come hang out at this after party, you have to buy an Oculus. You have to get set up with Horizon Worlds or whatever. And I don't care if there's like 15 people there. It'll be 15 people that would have not normally gotten introduced to it. You know what I mean? So right, right. definitely not get regretted. Yeah, because I mean, That's like sure. while I'm while I'm here with you guys right now, like I'm I'm sitting on a couch in my house in Austin, but my brain, my memory, doesn't know the difference. You know, as far as I'm like, my memory will think and remember that I'm just sitting in a podcast studio with you guys it's so dope you know so yeah not everybody it's kind of like the same thing with whenever uh you guys remember when drones came out oh like you know what i mean like people flying around drones and stuff and it was so (laughs) weird because to me flying around a drone was like the coolest freaking thing and it's like some people like i remember flying it in seaside florida one time actually and i was on this beach Everybody was looking at the drone and some people just like looked at it and just kept on staring at the ocean. Like, whatever, that's just a drone. Like they don't even, it wasn't even processing. And other people were like, oh my God, dude, can I see your drone? And that's kind of how Oculus is. Like, I, I can, I can explain it to you, but I cannot understand it for you. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. If you don't get it, I can't get it for you, but this is like freaking sick. You know, like people need to get with it. So people just need to try it, man. It's just gotta yeah. like, yeah, yeah, take the time to actually try to really experience this. Because, like you said, like you're sitting on your couch in Austin, Austin, Texas, right? Yeah, I'm over here in Florida. He's in Vegas. Our camera, the camera guy, is in California. Like, mind you, it feels like we're literally in the same room, in the same space, talking yeah. to each other. If we're in the same perimeter, but we're not. Yeah. We're fucking hundreds and thousands of miles away, literally. Right. So that's incredible, the power of this whole Web 3.0, right? The Web 3.0. And leading to that, what do you think about the Web 3.0, this new evolution of the internet? That we're in? <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of like one of those things where think about like when, just think about when the internet first came out. I don't know. How, how old are you guys? <laughs> in the, 30? 30. How old are you guys? 28. Okay. So I'm 38. I'm shoot. I'm 39, dude. I'm going to be 40 this year. 
<laughs> oh crap! Oh shit, man! That forty, yeah. bro. Woo. I'm gonna hit the four zero this year. So, like when I first, when the internet first came out, it was like dial up internet. So you'd like sit in front of a computer and it'd be like, it's like AOL. It's terrible. Yeah, I was there for that. You were there for that? Okay, I didn't know. It was like I was like in high school. Yeah, I was like in high school. And so first, the internet was kind of cheesy. You know what I mean? Like everybody's like. Oh my gosh, the internet's not going to last, yada, yada, yada. And so it's like everything great starts out kind of a little bit, kind of like a toddler, you know, just kind of like a little bit uncoordinated. A li- you know, you you first see it, you're like, oh my God, you first see it, and it's not very impressive. And that's kind of where like the whole metaverse was like maybe two or three years ago, you know, you just, it was kind of unimpressive, but as time goes on, it becomes more and more impressive. So I'll tell you how important I think Web 3.0 is. I encourage every entrepreneur that I know now to buy their name .eth because 10 years from now, it's not going to be .com. It's going to be .eth, E-T-H. So like even you guys, if y'all haven't already bought your name, you're already on that. ENS? Yeah. Yeah, we have that, definitely. That was like, yeah, that's the way to go, for sure. So, yeah, like, we actually, like, spoke about it in the last episode. No, actually, like, two episodes ago, <clears throat> we definitely spoke about it, like, um, that that's, like, the future. That's the future of, like, you tying down, like, the avatar you, like, who you are in the metaverse to, like, your assets, your value. How you're going to get paid, how you're going to, like, get your NFTs, everything. Kind of like your, you know, it's kind of like your, your code, almost like your new social security of the future right it's going to be your little your blockchain your domain of yourself yeah yeah you know? yeah and just how people bought every kind of dot com they could think of <coughs> they should buy every dot eth they can think of now like in fact you, you know if you're watching this you should be like ahead of all the big brands that don't know this yet and buy like best buy dot eth and make them buy it back from you later <laughs> Man, yeah. man, by the, sound of it, by the sound of it, by the sound of it, you probably that. already did that. <laughs> uh, did I've, do I've, that? I've, acquired, I've acquired a few big brands. <laughs> He's like, Target, Best Buy, Walmart, Sears, yeah, yeah, but not the Netflix. Sears. I don't know about Sears. Man. Well, hey, so so here's one, here's one of the things is you're also trying to predict, like, what companies that exist today are still going to be here in even five years, 10 years. You know what I mean? Look at Pier 1 Imports. I don't know if you guys ever went there, but like they went out of business, then they got bought by Ty Lopez. Ty Lopez took them online and gave them a resurgence. But there's so many names that aren't even going to be here five or 10 years from now that are household names today. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you're also trying to predict like who's going to still be here five or 10 years from now. Anyways, it's just kind of fun. It's just like buying your name dot eth and then you know anything else you can think of at the time scoop it up while it's cheap anyways 3.0 it's not like is it gonna be here is it gonna come it's it's like it's it's inevitable so everyone should probably start taking it pretty serious now you know yeah i know we definitely have this podcast is being filmed within that space Dude, you got the number one Keep podcast it. in the metaverse, bro. 
Oh, come on, bro. Shoot, I gotta open that little celebration. There we go. <laughs> Dude, so also, okay, so for the viewers, <coughs> for the viewers that are just tapping in to listen that don't know you, right? They don't know who Wes is. Who are you? Give us a little brief about yourself, what you've done, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll make it brief. Um, so I grew up out in West Texas, out in Lubbock, Texas. Do you guys know where that's at? Texas Tech, Red Raiders? No? Okay, all right, it's all good. No, I just know what Texas uh, is. <laughs> okay. okay. That's the <laughs> start. Where Texas is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thing um, yeah, the biggest yeah, state. The big yeah. state. <laughs> um, so so I grew up out in West Texas, and my, my parents actually got divorced when I was like five years old. And um, so... I was basically raised by my mom and she was a nurse and we didn't have a whole lot of money. And what kind of turned me into an entrepreneur was there was this water park out in Lubbock called Texas water rampage. And when I was like nine, 10 years old, all I'm thinking of in the summer is like, how can I get to Texas water rampage? We didn't have any money. So if I was going to get money, I had to create it. Right. And so um, my mom would fill up my lawnmower in the mornings with gas. And then I'd just go push it around our neighborhood. And if your grass was like high, then I would knock on your door and ask you if I could like mow your lawn for 10 bucks. And I had tons of people tell me, no, I didn't care. I was going to get one or two yeses and then I could get 20 bucks and then I could go, she could pick us up at lunch and take us to Texas water rampage. Why? Because a lot of girls that I liked went to Texas water rampage and I wanted to see those girls, you know what I mean? So like, yep. I figure out, you know, I figured out at a young age, like what motivated me. And, and so then at a young age, I like realized like when someone said no, it didn't matter. You know, like if someone said no, I'm still alive. So I became unafraid of that. And so that kind of be- began the early workings of entrepreneurship and realizing that I didn't have to just settle for where I was at, that I could, I, I, you know, no matter where I came from or how I grew up, I could dictate my uh, my future and so you know that that kind of sprang into um when i was going to school at texas tech i was a student athlete so i was a walk-on uh, hurdler and mile relay person and okay. in the ncaa and the ncaa doesn't allow you to or did, back then they didn't allow you to have a job while you were going to school if you were an athlete but they didn't say anything about a business. And so I started selling supplements in college. And um, after like three semesters, I was making like eight to 10 grand a month. And I'm like 19 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Three semesters. I'm making like more than my professors. So I'm like, peace. In the Middle East, you know? <laughs> I'm like, this is like, I'm like, college, college is stupid. Like, what am I, what am I going to school for if I'm making more than all my professors? And so I don't, I don't think college is stupid, but I'm just saying like, I wanted to make money. I don't need, I didn't need a degree to make money. You know what I mean? Like if someone wants to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, it's like, yo, please go to school. But right. if you're, if your desire is to just earn income, I don't know if that's super, super necessary anymore. You know what I mean? And, and not to say that someone shouldn't go, but like, you know, it's just once, once you're making more than your professors, it's hard to see the point and like get up seven o'clock to go to 8 a.m like history clashing, you know? Yeah. And so anyways, that, so that was my first time like having 
you know, pretty, pretty crazy money. I mean, to be, be 19 years old, making 10 grand a month, like that's not normal. And so I did what everyone that, you know, like has new money does. And I went and spent it all. So I went and bought a Corvette and I bought a Dodge Viper. I was eating at P.F. Chang's like every, every day, sometimes twice a day. I had a cool apartments. I was like, you know, we'd got to eat like it was, it kind of sucked back then. Cause if we'd got to eat with my friends, they're like expecting me to pay. Cause I was the only one that had oh, money. Yeah. And like, okay. I guess. <laughs> and so it was all great. But the problem is, is as my income increased, so did my expenses, so did my lifestyle. And so right. what I did, what I didn't know yet was that healthy businesses, people got to remember this healthy businesses go up and down and up and down, right? Like if you look at any stock chart, you look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin's running right now, but it was just now down, you know what I mean? And, and so I see so many entrepreneurs where they'll take off, they'll get a, a few customers, their business will start to go down, they'll panic and they'll start another business. And that business starts to go up and, and then it starts to go down, they panic and they start another business. And the secret is to like find something worthwhile doing and freaking stick with it, dude. Think about your five-year, 10-year, 15, 20-year all-time chart of how, how big that business can be if you stay consistent with it, right? And anyways, at the time, I don't know all this. So my business starts to go down. Well, then I like end up, um, I end up having all those creditors call me, asking for their money. I was so stressed out. I had a stack of bills like this big on my desk. My girlfriend at the time, uh, I'd always hide my bills from her because, you know, it's like I could kind of keep because I because I always knew like I number one, I always believed in my myself, my ability to like turn things around and make things happen. Right. I think that's at the core essence of any type of entrepreneur is like you. Number one, you have to have confidence in yourself. And there's a lot of different ways that you can develop that. But that has to be there. You know what I mean? Like if I, even today, I can have the greatest opportunity in the world, but if someone doesn't have confidence in themselves, it doesn't matter. So that has to come from within. And so I always had confidence that like I could turn things around, but you know, i meanwhile, I'm like, okay, these bills, my check going down, like this is short term. Well, one day my girlfriend comes over to surprise me. <clears throat> And she sees all the bills on my desk and she, I come in and she's just sitting there with her hands in her face, just crying, just crying, bawling. And anyways, she ended up like, you know, obviously it broke trust with her because she felt like, you know, I, I had been kind of acting like everything was fine. And all of a sudden she sees these bills. And so we ended up kind of breaking up and then I had to voluntarily repossess my Dodge Viper. You know what I mean? Like, in, in fact, yeah. back then I had this sticker on the back windshield of it that why said Corvette. <laughs> What's that? I, I mean, well, Corvette. <laughs> well, I'd already traded in the Corvette and I, oh, I traded the Corvette in on a Dodge Viper. <laughs> no, and I so love by Vipers. this point, <laughs> what's that? I love Vipers. That's why I say that. <laughs> Dude, I love <laughs> Vipers too. Especially mm-hmm. back then, man, they were, they were epic. But, um, oh, yeah. but, but I, back then I had my company <clears throat> sticker on the car. It had like this sticker that said Dream Big. And I had to like peel it off before they came and repossessed it. And I never will forget. Cause you know, like even if you pull a sticker off of a windshield, there's still dust marks. Right. So you could still see where it said dream big and my phone number in the dust as wow. the tow truck is hauling <laughs> off my Dodge Viper. And anyways, it, 
it led me to like the lowest points of my career. I think I was like probably 23 years old at this time. And I was like, if I don't have a Dodge Viper, if I don't, if I'm not making 10 grand a month, if I don't have a successful business, who am I? And I, you know, had to kind of rebuild who I was. And so this, the second time around, I didn't ever, I, I never have, and I never will attach who I am to something external, to bank account, to a business, to success, because those are all external things, right? Like if my it's bank serious. account goes up or yeah, it's materials, right? And, and it's like something that, it's something that could come and go. So like, why would you attach your identity to something that's external? It's, it'd be like foolish, right? But people do it all the time. And so anyways, I, I like hit rock bottom. And they kind of, they have that quote where it says like, once you've lost everything, you're free to do anything, right? So I like back up to a point now where I feel like I'm unbreakable, you know, because been through hell. I've had girlfriends break up with me. I've lost Dodge Vipers. I've had businesses fail. Now I'm not afraid of anything, you know, and once you get to a point where you're not afraid of anything as an entrepreneur, you're a dangerous person. So who am I today? I'm a dangerous person, you know, <laughs> <laughs> dangerous person. I love it, man. <laughs> That means I gotta be careful. <laughs> no, 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 not not, just not physically, not physically to anyone else. Not, no, I'm no. just kidding. It's okay. He can't no. hurt us. No, 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 no one, no one's in danger. No one's in danger. Have <laughs> <laughs> you gotta look for your for your viper? Maybe you see it one day and it's still got your number in the back. Just... Yeah, every now and then I see a red one. I'm like, is it you? No, oh, okay. It was a it was a 2002, so it'd be like a classic car by now. Mm, yeah so you got this racing stripes no it was just a solid red yeah 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 it's kind of a crazy story that's that's a classic one man vipers i think that was like most favorite cars back in the days literally every time like when you play a video game and there was a viper choice everybody would go for the viper viper Viper. oh dude yeah it was like the thing you know back in the days um so pretty much you're saying so you're an entrepreneur then at heart, yeah, you've always been yeah. like this independent person that kind of like found a way to kind of like make, make like ends meet and kind of like over exceed and succeed in that field. So talking about entrepreneurship and you know hustling, what are some of the things that you're doing today to hustle to make money to make your wealth? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, so here's a couple things to think about. Is number one. If, you, if, if, if I think about, okay, where I am and where I want to be, okay, so think about where you are and where you want to be. There's only, there's only like one way to go from where you are to where you want to be, in my opinion, and that's to sell something. True or false? True or false? Think True. about it for just a second. Yeah. I mean, really. So... So if I want to go from here to there, I got to sell something. But the problem is it takes time to get good at selling. You have to get rejected to be good at selling, right? And, right. and those were kind of the old school rules. So it keeps a lot of people away from selling and starting a business or, you know, providing a service or something like that, right? And so anyways, one, one of the things I started thinking of is, okay, if I'm going to sell something, then do I want to get paid? once 
or do I want to get paid again and again and again? Because there's there's three types of income. There's linear income. So that's like I go to a job, I get paid, right? Most people are pretty familiar with that one. So I go to a job, I do the job, I get paid. The second type of income is called active residual income. And so that's what I do now, which is where I sell um, like nutritional products, clean living products, like um, weight loss, energy, sports performance, but then also like safe, non-toxic home care products, personal care products like shampoos, deodorants, toothpaste, mouthwash. And it was because when the pandemic hit, everybody can't get it at the store or they don't want to go to the store. So guess what they did? They bought it online. Our business went up 300%. I was doing like a million dollars a month in sales. And in three months, once the pandemic hit, I was doing over 5 million a month in sales. What? I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just the craziest thing. A $4 million increase per month? Well, no. So I went from a $1 million to a $1 million a month to $5 million a month in three months. So whatever that, whatever that equals out to. Right. And so, so the, the thing that changed my life was that I found a consumable product, a, re, a reusable product, a residual product. And, and I always encourage people to think about this because if I want to go from here to there and I got to sell something, do I want to sell something that can pay me once or do I want to, find something that can pay me again and again and again. Right. And so it's the same thing with like, same thing with like making, making music and then, or making a podcast and uploading it to Spotify. Right. And every time someone downloads that episode, you could potentially get paid for one initial effort. Right. So that's what's so cool about the podcast business that you're in is as it grows and, and popularity and you get more and more downloads, well, now you have the number one asset, which is attention, and you're also getting paid on those downloads. It's the same process, process as like a YouTuber thinks of. It's like, okay, I'll, make, I'll, I'll spend energy once to make this YouTube video, and I'll get paid again and again and again as it grows. So I'm just doing that in the business world with nutritionals. Um, the, the professional term is like nutraceuticals, right? And so that's the first game, though, Neo, is like, how can you make money? How can you get good at making money? And and the best way to do it is to get good at selling. And you don't have to, you don't, you know, a lot of times we think of selling as like, did you guys ever see the movie like um, Tommy Boy (laughs) with Chris Farley? Tommy Boy, Chris Farley, David Spade. Um, yeah, it's like where he goes on, he goes like on a mission trying to like save his dad's business. And it's like hardcore sales where you don't take no for an answer and stuff like that. Well, mm-hmm. that's not how sales works in 2022. As a salesperson today, all I am is a guide. I just show, I just guide people on how to find the products that they're looking for. And I do a lot of that through education. So the highest form of sales to me is education. So, you know, for example, if you just an example, Neil, like this, this studio is like epic, right? Like if I wanted to start a podcast, I would come to you and I'd say, bro, how do I get a podcast studio like this? Right. 
And so right. you would tell me, you'd, you'd educate me on what to look for, how you did things, why you did things that way. And then at the end, you might make an introduction to the guy that created this place. And maybe you and that guy have a partnership <clears throat> where if you send a referral, then you get a little bit of something, you know, which would be perfectly fine because you guided me to this guy. And so, right, right. but the way you guided me is not by selling me on, you know, like you didn't, you didn't like hard sell me, <coughs> excuse me. You just educated me. And so that's kind of what I'm doing now is I, I educate people on like one of our products is like a collagen. So I educate people on what to look for in a collagen. I don't ever sell the collagen. I just educate you on what to look for. But then you come up with a problem that you can't find all the things I told you to look for. And so then you right. go, Hey, do you, Wes, do you have one you recommend? I'm like, yeah, I do. Well, now you, now you've asked me, you've approached me. So it doesn't, there's not like, it's not like I'm being pushy or salesy. And that's the way I like to do it. I like to, I like to sell products in a way that you don't even realize a sale is being made. You know, I like to try mm -hmm. to just do it naturally, cool, calm, collected. And I'm not trying to like get everyone to say yes, you know, so I don't know. That's kind of how I do it. And so the third type of income is passive residual income. So you have linear income which is like I go to a job, I get paid, which is great. It's honorable to have a job. And the second type is active residual income where I'm, I'm building some type of business that can residually pay me for one initial effort, which is the first, like, I feel like everyone who has a linear job should be doing something active residual income wise to build something on the side, right? And then right. the third type is passive residual income. And so- that's that's the holy grail and what we were talking about this outside the studio a while ago but like the mistake that a lot of people make is they make a lot of money in linear linear income like at a career by like climbing a corporate ladder or they they do good with business or maybe they're like an nfl i wasn't supposed to be celebration they do like maybe they're like an nfl football player or maybe they're like a rapper or something like that and they make a lot of money but they never learn how to transfer that active income or that linear income into passive income. And that's the real game, you know? So that's, so Makes I have sense. one, yeah. So I have like one business that I build like a hundred percent focus. I give it everything I have. I eat, sleep and breathe it. I'm obsessed. I want to be the best at it. I, the people that work with me in it, I want to help them get rich. You know what I mean? Like I want to change their family. I want to help them change their family's financial tree forever. And so then I take that money and then I, I transfer it into passive residual income things. I've just now got a low battery notice. Um, so my goal now is to like take active income so I, so I have like one business that I build, but I have tons of investments and we could talk about those if you want. Yeah, we definitely, Absolutely. I'm sure the viewers, even us here, definitely want to know what those other investments are, those other ventures are. Right, Cause I know you were saying when we're talking outside a little bit ago, we talked a little bit about crypto, like crypto mining, something related to real estate, 
uh, Airbnb and renting things out. Yeah, you could definitely elaborate on some of those investments. I'm sure the listeners would love to know. I'm curious. I know we're all honestly curious. And how you make yeah, it sure. work. And how we, you all, do we all want to make money. You know? Sure. Yeah, we all want to make money. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, the, one of the hardest things in the world to do is to hold on to something. You, have, you know, so like, let's say you make an investment. The Not hardest thing toxic. in the world. What's that? <laughs> Not if she's toxic. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. You guys should all try to find a girl that's like my wife because my wife is so cool because she, yeah, that one girl broke up with me whenever she saw that big stack of bills because she thought I was going to be a loser the rest of my life. And one of the songs I used to live, this is kind of childish, but it worked for me. One of the songs I listened to after we broke up was that 50 Cent song called Have a Baby by Me, Baby, Be a Millionaire. Have you guys ever heard that song? <laughs> Have a baby by me, baby, be a millionaire. I mean, I used to like work out after she broke up with me. I like worked out to that. I, I, I like sang that song. I drive my car singing that song. Yeah, because I was while like, crying. yeah, maybe, maybe maybe while crying, but it was like a righteous a righteous anger, you know. But I was like, because I knew, like, okay, I'd lost my businesses, I'd lost my money, I'd lost my vipers, but you know what? I didn't lose the real treasure, which is in, which is inside of me, which is inside of you, which is inside of you. You know what I mean? So like. You can lose your money, you can lose your cars, you can lose your business, but if you haven't lost that confidence within that you can do whatever you set your mind to, that nothing's going to stop you, well, then the real treasure is still inside, right? So I knew that she had made a fatal mistake by doing that. And so when I met my current, my, my, my wife, my one and only wife, um, when I met, when I met Amanda, um, you know, I was like on the come up, right? I was making like six, seven grand a month and I was living in an apartment, you know what I mean? And so now today, you know, we have a pretty nice life. And so she was there with me when I had nothing. So I always have this quote that I live by that's like, you know, eat with the ones that starved with you. And so I don't know where that was going or what I was going to take that with, but. I like that. Yeah. No, you were just, you were just, you are just telling us that we should find a girl like your wife. A girl like Yeah. Wife. Find, find a girl that's not, yeah. you know, find a girl that's like, the, she's, she's like the greatest investment, right? Because, but she, without her, I don't know if I'd be where I am. You know what I mean? I so, so the, the real question of the moment is, this is the real question of the moment. Does your wife have a sister? <laughs> no. Yeah, she does. She's single. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect yeah, timing. Yeah, yeah, she's got an older sister. No, she's just, got an older sister. Nah, man, I'm kidding, no. man. I'm kidding. No, no, no. Um, uh, no, but I, so the what got me into investing was that my first mentor in business did really well with like making money. He made like fifty million dollars in the first business we were in together. But he didn't, you know, he ended up losing it and he didn't have anything to show for it. He had like a nice house and a building that he owned and maybe a little bit of cash, you know, a couple million in cash. But think about like $50 million went through his fingers and he didn't have anything to show for it. And, and so that's what happens to most people is the reason why he didn't know what to do with this because no one had ever taught him. And so I kind of had this mindset of like, a, I don't want to be in that position. B, 
if someone, if I work with someone or if someone even knows me, like I teach these things to people I just know, like on Instagram, even I teach this stuff. But like, if you, if you knew me, then I never wanted there to ever be a reason why you couldn't set your family up for life. And so if you're in business with me, even better, if you're not in business with me, I still want to teach you everything. And so, so what kind of got me on this was like, I didn't want to just help people make money. I wanted to be able to take you all the way and show you what to do with that money. Right. And so like, if you're watching out there, here's like one of the simplest things you could possibly do right now is there's an app called Voyager. There's an app called crypto.com. There's an app called Coinbase. Right. And these apps pay out, these apps pay out like, you know, six to 9% APY annual percentage um, yield. So, Mm -hmm. so if I, let's say I had, you know, $10,000. Okay. It's not quite enough to buy, you know, an Airbnb rental. Okay. So what can I do with that money? Well, if it's just sitting in my bank account, then it's actually losing because the federal reserve keeps printing money. Just like, just like what happened with Ukraine. What do we do? Here's a billion, here's a billion, here's a billion, right? They just, the government just prints money left and right. Well, they devalue your dollar. And I think inflation's gone up like 15% this year. I mean, if you guys look at gas prices, if you look at milk, oh, if yeah. you look at the cost of eggs, it's not that those prices are just randomly going up. It's something that exists called, called inflation, right? And so how do you protect yourself first and foremost from inflation? Well, just an example, you could transfer that $10,000. I use an app called Voyager. You could transfer it to Voyager or crypto or Coinbase and you could just by holding it there. And let's just say uh, there's this coin called USDC. It's, it's, it's a stable coin and it stands for us dollar coin. And so all it does is follows the dollar. So I could take that $10,000 that's in my bank account, make a little transfer to, to one of these different crypto uh, exchanges and buy USDC, which is like buying dollars. It's super safe. It's not going to be worth anything less or more than a dollar, just like right. it is your bank account, right? But now I earn 9% APY on it. So just by making a, a shift from here to there, and it's super safe, now I make $900 a year in interest. So what if I had 100000 and I wasn't sure what to do with it? Well, I park it in USDC, I buy USDC coin and make $9,000 a year in interest. You know what I mean? Like some, like all the investment, like I invest in commercial property, stuff like that. You know what they pay out? About 8% a year. Well, I can get that. I can get that right now just by transferring it over to Coinbase or Voyager or whatever and earning interest on it. So like, that's kind of like the first thing, like whether you have a hundred dollars or 200 or $300, like maybe just look at maybe maybe transferring some money from your bank account, which is losing money to some type of a, a crypto exchange where you can earn interest on that money. Right. Um, right. So that, that kind of be my first, my first suggestion. And then, you know, I don't ever want to like necessarily give financial advice. I don't want anyone listening to this to buy this just because I say to buy it. Because you should never just buy something because someone who you perceive to be more successful or more or smarter than you, just because you perceive that they're more successful or smarter, doesn't mean you should just buy whatever they say because they may not know what they're talking about. But I do feel like, you know, if you're 
just to break it down real simple, there's there's thousands of different markets. Okay, so you guys, you have some guys that buy Pokemon cards. You have some guys that buy NFTs. You have some guys that buy gaming NFTs. You have some guys that buy real estate. You have some guys that buy boat docks. You have some guys that buy storage units. Well, so if you're looking at all these different markets and assets, the first question you got to ask yourself is, which asset is undervalued right now? Because if you had a chance to buy something high or low, what would you choose? Low, you know, something super valuable. If you could buy it low, that'd be better than buying it high. Well, like right now, Bitcoin is one of the most undervalued markets in the world. Now, I wouldn't necessarily buy Bitcoin right now because Bitcoin's going, you know what I mean? It's so hard. Everyone wants to buy it when it's doing like this. But but when you should have bought it is when it's going like that and everybody's making fun of it. No one's no one's like excited about it. And it's the hardest thing in the world to buy something whenever nobody wants it. <laughs> you know, it's like when you see it sure. red, 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 you know, this is what I should buy. But then you're like scared. And then somehow when it's going up, 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 that's when you buy. And that's when you should actually be scared. So I wouldn't necessarily buy Bitcoin now, but if you see it go like this again, that's when they think, oh, I should buy. But really, they should just transfer to USDC, keep it there until they see Bitcoin start to go down again. Oh, wow. And then, Wait, one second, one second, one second. Sorry about that. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, yeah. We just got some news that one of our hosts just came back. Schlick, is that hey. you? Schlick. Hey. In the number one Welcome. podcast in the metaverse, bro. Thank y'all for, for being here. Welcome back. Thank you y'all for starting with me. I'm so sorry. I had a family emergency I had to take care of. AVA colonoscopy. You hit it right on the head, bro. <laughs> nah, but hey. Um, hey. regular checkups are important, boys and girls. Remember that. Yes, sir. Especially when you're over 40. But yeah, thank you guys. Sorry for cutting you off, bro. I'm I'm so excited to meet you. And um, oh, you're good, man. Get to know. And I thought I heard one thing that is kind of heavy on my mind today, which is Bitcoin. So keep talking about what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah let's keep let's, let's, that let's run. Let's dive right into that. Let's well, dive right into that Bitcoin mine. Yeah, so basically what I was saying was like, you know, now's not like when Bitcoin's running, that's not the best, best time to buy it. You want to wait for a correction, right? So what you could do is like transfer some money from your bank account. I'm just saying like basic stuff here, like transfer some money from your bank account to a crypto exchange like Coinbase, Ledger, Voyager. Buy some USDC now, USDC, and then wait for Bitcoin or Ethereum to correct. Now, I want to tell you guys like, the two the two most exciting cryptocurrencies of our time are bitcoin and ethereum okay. yep. so That's bitcoin right. i think i think of bitcoin as like digital property so i don't i don't trade bitcoin or send bitcoin i'm trying to amass as much bitcoin as i possibly can as fast as i can because institutions you know you guys have been seeing about government regulation of crypto a lot of people think, oh, my God, yeah. it's negative. Oh, my God, it's going to hurt it. No, it is going to go through the freaking roof once the government starts to regulate 
crypto. And the reason why is there's so much institutional money that is not investing in crypto yet. But the second that the government regulates it and can somehow get their hands somewhat around it, you know, they'll never be able to just control it, but they can regulate it and tax it. And we want them to do that because what we don't want them to do is feel so threatened by it that they ban it. You know what I mean? So yeah. we, we want we want government regulation because that creates mass adoption. All right. And it's really good for you when there's mass adoption. If you buy some now, if you own some now, because I'm telling you when when there's that mass adoption hit, it's going to go through the roof like people have no clue. Now, here's what I want you to think about. Bitcoin is like gold. Right. I just I, I acquire it and I just sit. It's like if I can't buy land right now, which is like one of my favorite things to buy, if I can't afford to buy land. Well, then I can buy Bitcoin. I can buy $100 worth of Bitcoin. I can buy $20 worth of Bitcoin. Some people think you have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can buy fractional shares of Bitcoin, $100 worth, $200 worth, whatever, right? Um, so I acquire Bitcoin as digital property. But think, the thing that people don't realize with Ethereum is that Ethereum, you may, may or may not have noticed this, but like all the other coins build off of the Ethereum blockchain. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. So if I'm buying Ethereum today, that's kind of like how you go to the app store, like the app store, and there's like all these different apps and all these different apps build off of the Apple app store. Right. So, yeah. So if I'm buying Ethereum, then it's like I'm buying Apple 10 years ago. So to me, like if you, if you, if you're like asking me, Wes, we're best friends. Like I've got $10,000 or a thousand dollars. Like, what should I do? Then I'm going to tell you, you know, again, it's not financial advice, but like what I'm going to tell you if you're my best friend, we're like having a beer or something is to transfer that to USDC, earn interest on it. And the second that Ethereum and Bitcoin corrects 10, 15, 20% buy some Bitcoin and Ethereum. So then you know, from there, if we're talking about how to create more and more, um, you know, passive residual income, here's the craziest thing is more exciting than crypto is DeFi, decentralized finance. OK, so yeah. once you own Bitcoin, once you own Ethereum, now you have something that you can loan against so other people can put up their Bitcoin and Ethereum as collateral, and you can provide the the property, you know, the Bitcoin or the Ethereum for that loan, and you earn interest on that loan. Okay, so that's one thing you can do. The other thing that's super interesting is once I own Bitcoin or once I own Ethereum, or really you can do this with any coin, any, any coin that you can take out a loan against and put up for collateral, the genius thing about that is, let's say I had, Let's say I had $100,000 in Bitcoin sitting on a wallet or a ledger, right? Well, instead of uh, you know transferring that to cash and creating a, a taxable event, what I could do instead is loan against it. I could take out a loan against it. There's no tax you don't on pay, loans. You don't, there's no tax on loans. And you so it's the same thing when it comes to real estate, right? Like I've got, I was telling you guys when we were out in the lobby about a property that I bought that it was it was like a ranch outside of Austin and I bought it for 1.7 million in August of 2020 
Now it's worth 3.7 to 4.3 million. So like a lot of people would hear that and go, dude, sell. And it wouldn't be anything wrong with selling. That's except not smart, for, yeah. it, well, it's not necessarily, it's not smart. It's not, it's not a bad idea. It's just, but then what am I going to do? I'm going to want another yeah. wrench. <laughs> so and there's also the on problem. Top of that, related that, too. Yeah. Like if it went up, what is like, what is it? Like 2.6 or 2.3 <coughs> million in a year, right? Yeah. What if on another year? Or three years or five years, how much is that going to turn? Exactly, that, you're right. That, what if that turns into like 7.8 or 10.2 million? You're right. It's going to me, I'll be like, okay, you know. And can I try and predict what you're going to say? And you can just tell me if I'm totally wrong. Because I I've did lo- this with I my house. Predict it. I bought Let's a house it. in March and I bought it for only 285 mm-hmm. But um, in a year and a half, it went up to 427 What I did is I took out. Uh, I refinanced it and took out the equity. So I yeah. keep the house and I got cash in my pocket to invest in other sources of revenue if I yeah. choose. Yeah, no, that's a super smart move. And the, and the only other thing I was going to say was I could just keep, I could pay off that ranch if I wanted to and then just keep, if I ever needed money, I could just take <laughs> loans against it tax free. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not trying to like be too, I'm not trying to go too far tonight because what we're talking about now, when you have money, you take loans against that money, then you're an interest on that money. And now we're talking about the game of money. And, you know, the first step is like, I need to take my active income and get it into something that's passive. So whether that's crypto staking, whether that's, you know, and how do I learn about all this stuff? YouTube. That's where I mean, yeah. if you, if you don't, you know, I buy courses and stuff like that, but I find one teacher that knows what they're talking about and I only listen to them. And what Academy. messes up a lot of people from being able to do this is they, they've got 20 teachers that are all just like, do this, do that. You yeah. should do this, you should do that. And it creates confusion and they never do anything. So you need to find one teacher that has what you want. That's, that's in, in their life. They're like where you want to be and just listen to what they say. Because you'll so get, right, you'll, you'll get, I've got, a, I've got a couple different ones in different spaces. He just stocks. broke his own advice. I'm just, just no, 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 no. <laughs> I have lots of nuts. He's like, I got I'm like 20 teachers one. right now. I got like 20 <laughs> teachers. No, that's a good point. No, that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. So a teacher per asset class. So like I have one I, teacher I, that teaches me about DeFi, <clears throat> one teacher that teaches me about uh, crypto, you know, so I've got, so that's a good point. Yeah. Like. One teacher per asset class is what I'm saying. Even okay. in business, like don't have three different business coaches, you know, have one business coach that's kicking butt, taking names and just follow their advice first. You know? Um, yeah. So one of the craziest things though, that, that got me on this path though, was, you know, real estate went up in value, like <laughs> super crazy recently. <laughs> and, Stupid. and I was like trying to, I was trying to find like, okay, what are some other ways that I could create passive income? This is the craziest story. I don't want to take any credibility away from it, but this is just how it happens. So do you guys know the game PUBG? PUBG Players yeah. Unknown. It's an app. Players Unknown Battleground, right? Yeah, yeah. I played on my phone with my buddy, my other business partner. And so we're playing it one night and you don't really meet a whole lot of like super sharp people on this game. You know what I mean? Most people, 
it's not, you know, I, I would have to bet it's probably the lower income brackets, which nothing wrong with that. I've been there, but you don't necessarily meet a whole lot of like super sharp rich people. people. Yeah, right. yeah, you definitely don't meet a whole lot of rich Yo, people. like, bro, like, what's your APY on Bitcoin, bro? You don't meet those type of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, no. <laughs> just <laughs> That's all good. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, no so I, we're, we're playing with this guy named Charlie one night, and Charlie's kind of quiet. And we're talking about some stuff and we're talking about how, how dangerous hospitals can be. And he's like, yeah, that's why I stopped being a doctor. And we're like, cause you know, you can talk to the players that you're playing with on this game. Yeah. Just like we're all talking now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, wait, you used to be a doctor. And he's like, yeah. And we're like, yeah, right. And he goes, yeah, I used to be a doctor. And he goes, now I own an auto collision center. And, um, I also own a rather large farm. And this is all being done through audio. We're like playing this game, like shooting people you know, on the game. <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, who talks like that? Like, I own a rather large farm, you know? And so we're joking around. We're like, what are you doing? I'm in Bitcoin. And he goes, as a matter of fact, like, yes. We're like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> and so we end up like talking to this guy for like two hours, just like asking every question in the book. Well, you know, these, these mining machines, you know, let's say they're about 15, let's say they're like $12,000, right? It's 12, but let's say it's like $12,000 to buy a mining, a crypto, like a Bitcoin mining ring. Maybe a little bit cheaper than that now, but let's just say 12000 So I pay, so I pay 12000 to buy this machine. Well, this guy has a farm, so I don't have to like plug it in at my house. I mean, they're super loud. They're like, all day long. You don't want that at your house. I would kill them. So for a hundred dollars a month, he hosts it at his farm and I've got a website you guys can check out. If you want to like really learn about this, it's called passive income robots.com. Okay. And it has a video and it walks you through everything. It has like footage of the farm and stuff like that. So passive income robots.com. But literally what happens is I pay him a hundred dollars a month and then he turns on this machine for me. Okay. And he points that machine to pay my wallet. All right. And so literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week, these machines are bringing me money all day long. That's all they want to do. And so a lot of people don't understand mining. Like, how do you, how are you making money? It's because every time someone buys Bitcoin and sells Bitcoin, they're the, what, what makes that transaction possible is these machines, these supercomputers solve a complex mathematical problem in real time called an algorithm mm-hmm. and it, it'd take like a human, like, you know, six days, these guys do it in like six seconds. And so they get rewarded similar to like in the year 2000, when people were selling credit card machines, do you guys remember this? And they were selling credit card machines and you're trying to get credit card machines in like all these different places, because you knew if Dillard's carried your credit card machine, then for every transaction they did, you would get, a small percentage so like five so, percent now yeah it's nuts yeah yeah so yeah. buying a buying a mining rig today is like buying a credit card processing machine 20 years ago so i want you guys to think about this analogy though good point if oh, i shit. if i called you slick and i said hey man i've got these rentals in austin they're like twelve thousand dollars and they cash flow about six to eight hundred dollars a month how many would you like as many as I could afford. Totally. And that's exactly what we're talking about with, with uh, Bitcoin mining. So I got one even, question, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. 
One question that I've been told about is um, electricity bills associated with this. How do you, is $100 a month paying for the electricity? No, no. So you're like, so when I say cash flow, six to $800 a month, that's after your $100 a month and hosting. And that's after your electricity bill, which ranges anywhere from 90 to $150 a month. That's it. So, I thought it was thousands of months. Well, hey, guess what? So does everybody else. That's the great thing <laughs> yeah. about it. Every, everyone thinks, oh, I had no clue. Like, it was that affordable like, for electricity? Yeah. I feel oh, like everyone that's thinks, what keeps oh my gosh. Away from it. I feel that's like that's exactly. what keeps people away from it. Exactly. I guess it's yeah, kind of good people, and bad, right? It's, well, it's great. It's, uh, it's great should, news uh, because this information. <laughs> yeah, we most, most people. Yeah, well, most people think it's too expensive or. Oh, mining's real expensive. Now it's kind of like an <clears throat> echo chamber. Everyone's saying it, right? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. The electricity is too expensive. That's the greatest thing for all four of us and anyone listening, because let them think <laughs> it's expensive. We'll just keep we'll just keep buying more and more machines, right? So it it is ridiculous because here's the thing: I'm not. It's not like I'm. Well, number one, when you if you guys own a business, when you buy these machines, it's a computer you're buying. So. You have to check with your CPA, but under Section 179, it could be a legitimate write-off, just buying the machine because it's a computer. So you got to check with your CPA, yeah. find out, okay? But then it's not necessarily making money, it's mining it, right? And so when it mines it, it goes to an offline wallet called a ledger. That's where I have mine set. Well, that ledger, you guys know what a ledger is, like Nano X? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's just for anyone that doesn't, cold storage, cold storage. It's, exactly. It's cold storage. So anyone that doesn't know what that means, what it simply means is like a ledger wallet is like a giant USB drive. It's like, you know, twice the size of a USB drive and it's not online. It's, mm-hmm. it's offline. It's called a cold storage wallet and it can't be hacked. It can't, can't be, you know, nothing. Tracked, it's like the safest yeah, place. Anything. Yeah. It's the but safest it's place to in, store yeah, it's offline. your crypto. Yeah. And so, well, that when I bought that, it's anonymous. You know what I mean? Like no one knows whose wallet that is. Yeah. So, but now I don't ever knows though. <laughs> well, which one is it? <laughs> There's millions. You don't know. But do they know that know. the machine paying that wallet is your machine? Uh, that well, I mean, if they if they showed up and were like, okay, which machine is that? I mean, you get a serial number and stuff like that. So we're not trying machine? to hide it. Yeah, we're not we're okay. not trying to hide anything, you know, or anything like that. Um, that one one of the things I liked about this particular mining farm is they wanted to bring credibility and confidence to the crypto mining space because there's yeah. a lot of people that are kind of like you know not doing things the right way, and these guys. <laughs> The reason why this works is because the people that own this mining farm are just like world-class people, like really, really, really good people. And I've been able, I've been doing business with them now since August. Um, and I've seen them in a lot of pressure situations and stuff like that. And they're just, they're world-class people. So that's why this works. Otherwise you couldn't possibly trust someone to host your machine at their farm. You know what I mean? So there's, there has to be trust there of like, is there you have to trust that people sign. Yeah, yeah, you get a contract and all that kind of stuff. They they fully so there ensure is legal action. Oh, okay. Totally, totally. Yeah, they fully ensure your machines. 
So one of the one of the concerns people have a lot of times is like fire. Like what if the what if the barn burns down? Well, it's okay. It's not right. fully insured. Yeah. But um, that's a but smart anyways, business so like, on their end. Honestly, yeah, really it's a smart it's, business. It's it's, it's yeah. it is and it isn't because here's the thing: is like they're you know when I met them they had like seventy mining rigs. Now they have over a thousand that they're hosting. So you're thinking, okay, a hundred times a thousand, what's that? A hundred thousand dollars, right? But man, there's so much infrastructure that goes into owning your own farm. Like just, just power upgrades, the stress, like building, like, I promise you guys, you do not want to own your own farm. I mean, I have my own land outside of Austin. If I wanted to, I could own my own farm. There's a reason I don't own my own Power is cheap too. Texas power is cheap. Yeah. I could easily do it. I would never do it after watching all the stress that they've dealt with. So, and also too, if I, if now I'm running a farm, well, now it's active residual income. It's not passive. The reason why I call it passive is because I don't think about it. Like last month I made like close to $40,000 mining, just mining. Did I lose you guys? No. Yeah. No. Okay. It says network connection lost. I don't know if it's like messy, but anyways, so last month I made $40,000 mining. And I didn't even think about it. It's just all being done passively. So now part of that is because of the rise in price of Bitcoin and Ethereum though too, right? Because it's going to, the value of it's going to follow the market, but yeah. that's still pretty stinking cool, man. You know, it's like, an, it's like I've been getting like 80 to 90% returns a year doing it. So I just, I always tell people like, if you can find something better, call me, I'll, I'll you know, like, I'm always looking for awesome investments too, but I just don't know anything better. So you're saying, just so I can recap this for all yeah. the viewers, yeah. Let's just hypothetically say this machine's twelve thousand. You have somebody else host it. After all, this is in your pocket, bills paid. You getting around eight hundred bucks, six to eight hundred bucks. Yep. A month. That is correct. A month. So in almost a little over a year, you'll have your whole entire investment paid off and everything's in the green. Yeah. yeah you'll get and cash how, it, what's the lowest we could get? Let's say we do it, we get 12 grand. What's the lowest month we could have? You know, I'd say, I'd say the lowest cash on cash return right now could be 30 months. And if, and that's okay. a, that's a Bitcoin, like, you know, that's if Bitcoin's value went significantly lower than it is now. Okay. Um, but there's, there's, you know, but you got to remember too, Schlick, there's, there's factors that we don't know about. There is like, yeah, there's the future that we don't know. You know what I mean? And, right. and so, although I'm on this podcast going, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 600, 800 every single month. There could be yeah. things that happen in the future that I'm not aware of today. <laughs> Or even so, not even cash value because Bitcoin could tank and go to zero. But regardless of that, do you mine the same exact amount of Bitcoin every month? Or when the price gets up higher, you're going to mine less? Yeah, so good point. So usually as the price goes higher, everyone starts to mine. Okay. So now, now there's more competition. Now there's more difficulty. They call it network difficulty, right? So the more people that are mining the more difficult it is, the more difficult the network is. But if you have a ton of people mining, then that means the price of Bitcoin must be high. So it yeah. kind of evens out. So that's why I say okay. like whether it's whether the price goes low or the price goes high, 
you know, when it, whenever it was like up in the, when Bitcoin was like around 60,000 last summer, it was more like a thousand to 1200 a month. I would just always set your expectations really low because even if it was $500 yeah. a month, even if it was $300 awesome. a month, still awesome. I do so, that for any business. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I would take 12 grand to make 300 a month guaranteed forever. I would do right now. Me too. Yeah. Literally. Well, go to the website. <laughs> <laughs> go to the website. Is that a plug-in? That's a plugin right there. <laughs> Dude, yeah, 47269 is Bitcoin's price right now. It is just on a freaking run right now. I wow, it's gone it's gone up to the roof. Start of the podcast. Yeah, it'll, it'll correct. Like I it, got, won't, it won't. It won't go up forever like that. It'll, it'll correct. It'll How much Bitcoin up. do you have? If you don't mind me asking, I'll never say. You'll never say. <laughs> <laughs> you never say. Imagine, yeah, I got about over a um, hundred bitcoins. You know, like I, I, don't, I don't want any. I don't want anyone <laughs> thinking about how much Bitcoin I have or don't have. You know, that actually, that actually leads up to the next question. Uh, what's your net? Hey, guys. <laughs> What's that? What's what's your net worth? I don't know. I feel kind of rude even saying it. I mean, you could you you don't have to say the exact you don't have to say the exact number. You could kind of just say a ballpark. Even one through ten, and one is one million, ten is ten million. Just or one through a hundred. Fuck. Just say it. Just throw it around the ballpark. Fuck that. Yeah, it's probably it's it's probably around it's probably around ten million. Okay. You know what's crazy. What's crazy is um, I started a I started doing a whole new business concept two and a half years ago called social retail. Social retail is like I saw that the, the coolest business I've ever seen. I mean, it's like we're scaling it on social media. You know, think about like Uber. Uber taught people how to monetize their car, right? You know, how to turn I your car into money, right? Whole, oh, you. You had this post. That's why I was like, "How oh, you saw that? This is wording." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw on Instagram. Yeah, and then Airbnb showed people how to monetize their house. Well, what I'm doing with social retail and some of my friends is we're showing people how to monetize their cell phone because everyone that we know has a phone and they have social media, but they don't know how to turn it into money, and that's what we're helping people do. So I started doing this two and a half years ago. Started at zero. Started with like, okay, concept makes sense. I watched the video. I'm like, I'm in, and it paid me like 1.7 million last year. Just two and a half years into it, I started at zero. Now I can't say like everyone will do that. You know what I mean? Like, there's, you know, most people will likely not do that. Most people that watch any training get zero results. But like, dude. That's freaking crazy. <laughs> In fact, social retail, you'll see what happens over the next 10, 15, 20 years. It, it'll be responsible for more people creating wealth than anything that's ever come before it from a business standpoint. Because just think about it. Like how many, how many more people have a phone that have an extra car they can go drive or have an extra house they can rent out? And so it's freaking unbelievable. I mean, it's, if if you guys call me and say, okay, help me make an extra thousand dollars in active residual income, I would take you guys to social retail all day long. And so then we show you how to build a business online and cover some of those needs. And then and then we take you all the way and show you what to do with that money once you have a surplus, right? So my goal was never to be rich. I just wanted to be free. You know, like 
I just wanted to to be a free man and not have anybody own me. So I feel like that's a lot of men's desires, you know? Like I'm not trying to like I feel like we could all agree with that in here. I feel like all of yes. us are in that same I'm owned. What do you do? <laughs> he has a stamp. You didn't see his barcode on the shirt? He has a barcode. <laughs> I'm a manager at a car dealership. Okay. Okay. So you make money, but you're there six days a week, 60, 70 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. In the same location. Right. Which it's that double edged sword, you know? It's the money's good, but then you don't have any time for yourself. Life. Yeah. So check check this out. No, I totally relate to that. I've got a buddy that, um, this is a crazy story, okay? And I don't know, will it last forever? We'll find out. I don't know. But he hated his job. Like, hated his job, but he made six figures. He lives in Dallas, right? So he took out a SBA loan, small business loan. Oh. Bought 12 mining rigs. Put it as two weeks notice. Dang. <laughs> you know what I mean? mining rigs, that's almost 10 grand a month. Yeah, you know, basically covered his covered his income that he's making at his job. Now the only difference with him versus someone else is he's not stacking. He's cashing it out every single month and exactly. living off of it. The ideal scenario would be kept working. The, yeah, the ideal scenario should be, you know, he's young. He should keep working and just let it stack. You know, the SBA loan's still smart. If they're gonna pa- if they're gonna pass out loans to everybody, okay, you might as well take that. And try to put it into something that's a hedge against inflation. Um, I'm not a big. I hate filling out tons of paperwork, so I never did the SBA deal. But I don't knock anyone that does. But I'm just saying, like, that's that's thinking outside the box. Like Schlick, you are living in a video game right now. Your player can do, go, and be anything it wants to be. The only thing stopping you is you giving yourself permission. You know exactly what to do if you wanted to be free. You know exactly what you need to do right now. And so does everyone watching. <coughs> it's just that we trick ourselves into thinking we don't know what to do. You know exactly what to do, bro. Just like this metaverse is a, you know, a simulation. You can do anything and be anyone in here. It's the same thing when you take that Oculus headset off. You're That's right. Facts. You're right. Words of The only thing stopping people is just, you know, fear, uncertainty, right? doubt, FUD. Yeah. Sure. Also, bills, life, especially. I don't have any kids, thankfully, right now. But yeah, you know, if you got a baby, you're like, would I only quit my six-figure job here and start with Bitcoin mining machines? And not a lot of people would. You got to have some brass balls to do that, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, especially if there's a baby involved. Like, there's a child. Yeah, involved. there's another life. Like, that that makes it more of. challenging. That's a risk. Yeah, that's but... a big risk. It's excuses. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's all excuses. Remember that, yeah. y'all. Whatever you don't accomplish is because you didn't want to accomplish it. And any excuse yeah. is an excuse, regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know, just another perspective. I could always go get another job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, hey, what's the bigger risk? Risking that or risking missing watching her first steps? Risking that or risking hearing her say daddy for the first time and not being there. I'm not willing to take that freaking risk. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've got a nine-year-old and a three-year-old son. I, I don't want to miss anything, you know? Ooh, so boys, it's awesome. Oh, it's, it's a blast. Mm-hmm. We went fishing today. It was a blast. 
Um, he's a big Minecraft, Minecraft player. He likes my he likes playing Minecraft. So, um, and he's a Pokemon collector too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every Friday after he gets out of school, we go to this little card shop in Austin. We buy some uh, Pokemon cards, like some good ones. First editions. So, yeah, we get all kind. Of, whatever they, whatever the most expensive ones they have, we get them. We copy them. <laughs> you got right. you got a Charizard. You got a shiny uh, Charizard, bro. Oh, we got a couple. <laughs> we got a couple. No, couple. Is it first, yeah. first edition? Is it first edition? Uh, let me look. Don't quote me. I don't know. Let me look. I'll I'll post. I'll send you. I'll send you guys yeah. a video on that. Is it yeah, first edition? It's like, first edition. That's crazy. The value of that. I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about them. I don't think it's first edition. I think they they, they don't cost like ever a, tell a anybody where you live because really there's people <laughs> that are crazy like that, huh? Dude, bro, they'll, they'll like, rob dude, you for that first edition. A lot of money, like how much money? Like I would say, like I'm not sure, like well, over a first edition type money. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't like, keep them at our house. For, for one, for one car, like if it's the first edition Charizard, it's like fifty k, maybe even more. There's, I think there's I, I more. Don't know. I'm just Actually, there's more than a number that. out there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it might be. Nah, yeah, I think it's out there, bro. I think it might be. No, this is like a hundred. These are like a. This is like a like like hundred or hundred twenty dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not like crazy. Oh, yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Here, don't come to my house. house. Take this out. Don't come to my a house. Day ago, a Charizard Pokemon first edition sold for four hundred thousand dollars. Four million. What? Repeat that. Repeat that. Four hundred thousand. One day ago, a Charizard first edition. Wow, first edition four hundred and twenty thousand. Yeah, I knew I knew it was some crazy ass number like that. So half that a mil almost. Well, I'm crazy. glad you mentioned cards because the next thing that you guys probably already talked about, which I'm kind of upset if you already did NFTs. No, we haven't. Actually. We haven't. No, we haven't we sure have NFTs yet. What's we, we saved it for you because we knew you're gonna. Are be you late. pretty knowledgeable? <laughs> I'm not, you know, here, here's the thing is when it comes to investments, at first I was like trying to keep up with everything and I can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, you got Bitcoin, Bitcoin mining, Ethereum, then you got these different coins coming out then you got NFTs and you got, you know, all the different, you can't keep up with it all. So yeah. you really just have to pick out like two or three things, two or three or four things that you really have a true interest in and become a master at those. And I just don't. I don't have the bandwidth for NFTs, but I do think they are the future. I do think it's awesome. I just, I have not had any content come across my table yet that has made it make sense to me. Like, for example, maybe you would know Schlick. Like 10 years from now, why is someone going to want a picture of, of an ape? You know, like, or a mutant ape. Like, why is that going to be valuable yeah. 10 years from now? I don't know. So I'm, I'm unsure. I think more than that, it's just like um, it's a social status. People, the reason what I'm in Hawaii, so it's not nearly as bad. But how do people express themselves? They express themselves through the car they drive, the house they own, the clothes they wear. The yeah, but see, I've seen on their face that the mutant ape, that board ape's just about to be a step. Added, just like people are buying thousand dollar sweatshirts, man. Especially if all the celebrities endorse it too, they want to be like them. Yeah, see, I've seen that YouTube video that almost what you just said. It says verbatim. I've seen that. I think it was I, probably Gary V. <laughs> it probably was. Yeah, I think I've seen that video. Um, on and top so of that, the, the other thing is, um, 
Dude, if I if someone told me pay twelve grand to meet with Warren Buffett and learn from him like personally, I'd probably do that. Would y'all? Twelve yeah, grand to meet with Warren Buffett. It depends on the kind of circumstances. Like That's kind of like that board ape too. Like you get into a private Discord where right. you're literally chilling in the Discord with Paris Hilton, Jimmy Fallon, the most successful, famous people in the world. You're part of that elite crew, and there's events that go on that only members can join. So it's kind of like a, a social status, but also a connection that you are connected to these really, really valuable people. Yeah, right. yeah, no, I get that. I get that. I'm not, I'm not knocking that. I think it's great. I mean, one of the one of the coolest things is to ask yourself, like, what does this give me access to? But yeah, I, me personally, like, I'd always rather just go kick ass in business. Yeah. And have those guys invite me to hang out with them for free. You know what I mean? I don't want to. I don't want to pay to hang out with Gary V. Right. I want right. to go make millions and run Facebook ads in front of Gary V. And have him go, oh, Dan, who's Wes? And then yeah. now I'm at his conference. Now we're boys because we're both kicking ass, not because I bought his NFT. I'm but, going to his conference though. I bought his NFT. Oh, dude, get, <laughs> I think like, I think it's awesome. I bought it for. I, think it, I bought it for one ETH though. That's okay, dude. I think it's a great investment. I think Gary V is They're amazing, worth like so. sixteen now. So Oh dude, yeah. yeah if like I could if I could have bought it for one ETH, no problem. Games. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a great that's a great deal. Three year for the next three years I'm going to VCon in May twenty twenty two. Gary V, I'm coming for you, bro. You're about to be on this podcast. Remember that, bro? Hey, <laughs> we want you here, Gary V. Come here, Gary V. I made these t-shirts with our freaking um with our logo and then on the back it's the QR code to our YouTube. I'm about to give Gary V one. So Gary oh, dude, B expecting Gary, a gift hey. from me, bro. Dude, dude Gary, and B, if Gary B, B is B. listening to this. If he's listening to this, I know he's been talking a lot about the metaverse. I know he's been talking a lot about the metaverse. Man, we're in the metaverse now, man. We're in it. We, we Come want here, bro. you in it. We want you, Gary, Gary in this podcast you, to record in the metaverse. And that's something that he's been talking about. I guess, Gary, I'm just the stand in until you get here, bro. So hurry up. (laughs) Nah, nah. (laughs) Wes, when Gary comes, I'd like you, I'd like you to meet him too. I'd like everybody to meet Gary, bro. He's a beast. beast. I'm not taking anything from him. Yeah, dude. But like, it's baby steps, right? Like, you want first things first, you want your like, you want to make a hundred grand, then you want to make 500 grand. After 500 grand, the next thing's probably a mil. After a mil, the next is five mil. No, maybe two mil, then five mil, then 10 mil. Then once you get to 10, probably 50, right? What's your next goal? You said 10, or you don't have a goal, really. All right, so Slick, I really like you a lot, and I don't mean to keep countering what you're saying, because I think you're you're making some great points. You're talking about a zero-sum game right there. Whenever I'm attaching my goal to the next financial goal. I feel you. Because it's never ending. You never win the game, right? Because once you get to 500, then it's like, okay, I need to get a million to be happy. Then you get to a million, you're like, "Ah, I need 5 million to be happy. And all you're really after anyway is a feeling. Think about this for a second. This will change your life, guys. If I say I want to make a million bucks a year, what do I really want? I want the feeling of that. I want the feeling of security for my family. I want the feeling of being free. 
I want the feeling of taking care of my family's, you know, financial future, right? All I'm after is a feeling. And I can give myself that feeling right now, regardless of where I'm at financially, right? The thing is, is like, I try to put everything in like four boxes, like faith, family, fitness, finances. So I'm only going to be as successful as I possibly can be while maintaining my faith, my family, and my fitness. I'm only going to be as fit as I possibly can be while maintaining my finances, my faith, and my, you see what I'm saying? Like, I, I want to, I want to crush those four categories. And so I can be happy with the body I have. If I'm doing pretty good in the other three, I can be happy with the paycheck that I have. If I'm doing pretty good in the other three. And again, even with that, all I'm after is a feeling. All I'm after is a feeling of like, uh, diversified accomplishment. Right. So I try to get away. I, I try to not to be like, you know, like last year I'd say, okay, I've made 1.7 this year. I got to make 2 million. Well, I don't do that anymore. I used to do that all the time. So, you know, uh, so I just have, I'm just saying like, it doesn't, even when I got to 2 million, well then now that's not good enough. Right. Is someone coming in? Yeah. No, he keeps doing it. Just trying to ghost yeah. here. I think it's Cali. It's probably him. <laughs> yeah. But um, another, it's if you were like broke right wait, now, wait, would you be thinking the same way? Wait a second. Wait a second. Before you ask that question, though, like yeah, I wanted to question. add to that, man. Like, not, it's not a question. I kind of just wanted to add to it. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's like, why, like, with within this <clears> last, within this last year, I've kind of like switched my whole priorities from like. Thinking of just like making money, making money, making money, making money, and prioritizing that as my life. And lately, yeah. like that, this within this year, I kind of like came to this revelation. I'm just like, hey, like life and reality is about like making a difference, about like actually leaving an impact. And like that yeah. whole thing you were saying about, you know, I don't want to put myself in a category and to make this amount of money and that amount of money. That's a good point that you made because life is more than putting yourself. Any numbers. That's the definition of happiness, not money. Yeah, it's it's Um, about actually making a difference. And that's been like, within this year, I'm like, damn, that's kind of like, they switch everything for me. I'm like, man, I just want to make a difference. I just want to have an impact. That's like the priority. That's how you get fulfillment, eternal happiness, and all that. Mm -hmm. That's how I kind of want to get to that. Because it's it's a good point. So, so I'm sorry. And I agree. About me too. Like, I felt like I was stuck for a couple of years, right? And I was living away from my son. And now I'm back with him. And I came to the, like you said, realization, like money's going to come and go. But that time that I have with him and what I'm going to do with him and impact his life is more important than anything else in my life. So yeah. like, you know, family, faith, family, fitness, fitness, I need to, I need to throw in there. Definitely. <laughs> but, <laughs> Like that impact that I'm going to have on my son's life is more important than anything. And that gives me joy and happiness. So, dude, but shout out to, shout out to Isaac. That's not just a man, but it's also a dad, dude. Like so many men are out there like having kids, but they're not, not being dads. It takes a real man to be a dad. dude. So huge congrats. Thank you. What the heck's up with that door? I see Callie back there. (laughs) What's up, Callie? (laughs) 
So, um, <laughs> so yeah, go ahead I with your question. That, How are you going to ask? I think I'm going to add to that real quick. I think that the majority, it's um, very actually uncommon for there to be two family households, which I hope we can try and instill that value that there should be two family households and two um, relevant parents inside the children's lives because that, that yeah. will definitely make a difference. But um, if you were broke as fuck right now, would you be thinking that same mentality? <laughs> That's the if that's I, the real if, question. If, 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 you got two babies smart, right now. <laughs> yeah, no, if I was smart, you know, I would. Because here's the thing is like, if I was broke right now, of course, I would do whatever was necessary to provide. You know, like the basics, right? Like, I mean, I'm, you think I'm going to let my kids go hungry? Hell no. You think I'm going to let yeah. them go without a house? Hell no. You know I mean, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I have a lot of respect for anyone who's out there that maybe they're not making tons of money, they're struggling, but they're willing to do whatever it takes. I got a lot of respect for that. But all I'm saying is like, you can get into the trap of trying to create the perfect life. And instead, yeah. what I have found more valuable is to look for the perfect moments. Just like, you know, you're hanging out with your son today, Isaac, like you created a perfect moment on purpose with intention. And you can do that no matter how much money is in your bank account. Right. But the thing that, that yeah. you, you weren't here for at, at first slick was that my first business, it went really well. And then it started to go down and down and down. But the first time my business went really well, I added expenses and lifestyle cost to meet it. Mm. So even though I was making a lot of money, I was still living paycheck to paycheck, but I had a Dodge Viper that got repossessed and I was, living in a real nice house in Nashville that I got evicted from. And, and so I ended up living with a lady named rainbow. Seriously, this is a real Whoa. story. <laughs> I was, I lived on the couch of a, of a friend of mine named rainbow because I lost okay. my home. Rainbow. Yeah. yeah, dude. Rainbow. Yeah. She was cool. She was cool. But, but, but here's what happened. Slick is, is I, I was successful. And then I lost my business, went down and down and down and down and down. And then my girlfriend broke up with me at the time. I was telling these guys how when she broke up with me, she thought that the rest of my life, we were always going to have financial problems. And so to come back, I used to, I used to listen to that 50 cent, 50 cent song called have a baby by me, baby, be a millionaire, have a baby by me, baby. You know, <laughs> you know the song? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, actually, yeah. Anyway, so I know Kelly back there knows that song. Yeah, <laughs> dancing back there. Yeah, she's, she's doing, like, she's doing yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, she's um, now. <laughs> but, but basically, what happened, Slick, is I lost everything, and and my I had my identity wrapped up in my car and my success, and you know I was a successful business owner. I had this Dodge Viper. I had this nice house. I had this nice life. I'm successful. I made it right. So who am I if I don't have all those things? And yeah. I went through it. I had like panic attacks. Like I had, it was just, it was a scary time. But it was the greatest time because I had to rebuild my identity. I'm not, I am not my bank account. I am not my business. I am not my car. I am, I am who Christ says I am. And dude, he says I'm more than a conqueror. He says I'm the head and not the tail. He hey, says I'm above and not yeah. beneath. He says I'm blessing the city and I'm blessing the country. And so then what I realized, Slick, is that I could lose everything externally, but as long as I still had the confidence in me and making a difference in this world and the fact that I could do it, then the treasure was still within. 
and I could rebuild. So if there's someone who's starting at zero, realize you're, if you have the desire and you have the energy, the treasure is still within, you can, you can go do and be anything you want. And, you know, man, when you're, when you don't have much, that's when you're the closest to God, bro. <laughs> I mean, for real, yeah, you know, like I feel I mean, you when, on you, that, man. when sure. you're like, when you're like scraping by when you're hungry, hungry. But yeah. When you're not sure how you're going to be able to pay your bills this month, that's when you're the very closest to God. And, uh, that's a, that's a special place to be. I wouldn't want to be there forever. I mean, I still want to be close to God, but I'm saying like, I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to be there, there forever. But the way I don't ever go back is I work today. Like I'll wake up tomorrow and work like a demon. Like I'll work, I'll work all day long cr- trying to crush my business because I don't ever want to go back, you know? So I don't know. I just, I don't know if that answered your question or not, but no, dude, it makes sense. Money. We are humans. We're way more than our bank accounts. And there's millions of really, 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 really rich people that blew their brains out because they hated life. (laughs) Money's never going to buy happiness. So, um, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. And having that mindset, it's all mindset. Like, because I'm, what I call broke, right? Even though I'm a lot better off than a lot of people too. We all are like just living in the United States, having clean drinking water is a blessing beyond measures. But um, because you're on that up and up, like you just keeps you motivated. Like one day I'm going to make it like Wes, right? <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but of course there's the other edge where you can't make your identity because you are going to hit that goal if you try hard enough, and then you're not going to be anything without that that status. Yeah. Well, I think to what Neo said, to what I would do to answer your question is I would wake up tomorrow and do what I wanted to do. So I would think, okay, what, what, like number one, like just check in with me, like what do I want to do today? What gives me energy? What, 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 what inspires me to work on? And I'd work on that. And eventually, you know, like, you know, take for example with you you know it's like you you have this vision of starting a pod a podcast in the universe or a metaverse now you have now you guys collectively have the largest podcast in the metaverse right well yeah. you keep doing it you keep you get even more consistent you have even more guests now you have even more viewership now you have even more eyeballs now you get bigger guests on here pretty soon what who's kanye west is going to be sitting here pretty soon you know you don't know who could be sitting here right we want those um, sponsors. That's what we want in here. Get them sponsors. Yo, Gary V. I'm still coming for you, bro. Which, I haven't forgotten. Which, You're my number one target, Gary V. Which I forgot. <laughs> Gary V. Got the target on your back, which, bro. Talking about Watch sponsors, yourself. there's actually a little. Talking about sponsors, there is actually a little game that we forgot to do that we kind of like do with everybody. Let's so, so this pizza. Oh. <laughs> yeah. pizza. pizza. What's your favorite pizza you. franchise, bro? It has to be a common one. So from one, so it's one through four, one through four, Domino's, Pizza Hut, Ozone, Papa John's, Papa John's, Little Little Caesars. From one through four, one is obviously the best. Four is the shitty one. Okay, I would go. I mean, uh, on my experience, I go Papa John's, 
Domino's. What is it? Did you say Pizza Hut? Pizza yeah. Hut, Little Caesars. I, Pizza Hut's good too. Pizza Hut, then Little Caesars. Little, Ce- Little Caesars. Oh. <laughs> so Papa John's. Bro, I've been saying Papa Domino's, John's for. I've been Pizza saying Hut, Papa John's. Little Caesars. Bro. Papa John's, Domino's, Pizza Hut, Little Caesars. Yeah, I'm not mad at any. I'm not mad at any of them. I'm not mad at any pizza. But I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing, though: you don't you don't need sponsors if you get if you get the attention and the eyeballs. The sponsors will find you. They'll come to you. And in fact, with with Gary B, since you bought his, you bought you bought. Uh, v friends, Schlick? I bought a V friend, yeah, dude. I and I got a anything. series two coming for free, dude. I bet you anything. If you sent him a message and said, "Hey, I bought V friends. I wanted to see if you'd come on my podcast, The Metaverse." I bet you anything, Gary B would do that right now. He's gonna be in I've, been, I've been blowing this guy up for fucking months straight. He definitely knows <laughs> me, but he's 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 <laughs> giving me the. <laughs> I think he's like looking at me like, bro, I just see how much you like me or how much you're into it. Because, yeah, I've been I've been blowing him up. He definitely knows who I am. And he he has had a little bit of communication with me, but um, we're talking not very much. So we're talking about attention, right? What you need to do is stand outside of his building in New York. Is it New York, right? (laughs) Is that where his building is? Out of Stand outside his his building in New York with a cardboard sign that says. Gary, I bought your, I bought your, I bought V friends. I'm an NFT owner. Attention. I want to, I want to have you on my, my podcast, the metaverse. Dude, I bet, you didn't think that word's not going to get to him at the top of the building that there's some guy downstairs <laughs> that's holding his car. You got to do is fly a drone, fly a drone with a little note on go. it. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think the thing that I'm going to do just because I'm going to VCon in Minneapolis, Minnesota, there's only, um, there's less yeah. than 10,000 people that are going to be there. It's in the Viking Stadium. Wow. I'm about to have t-shirts with the One Verse podcast and the barcode. I'm about to try and I'm going to have, I think, like 20. So I'm about to give them out to people. And I'm going to make sure to try and give it to Gary V. All right. So, hey, Schlick, here's something Logan else you Paul, need to do. Gary V. Schlick, okay. here's what you need to do. You go follow everyone that Gary V is following. And yeah. see, if, see if you can get them on the podcast. When Gary starts seeing those guys are on the podcast, now it's easier yeah. for you to say, hey, I've had so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. Because this is exactly how – there's this country club, this, this golf course in Austin called Connections. Austin Country Club. And it's hard – you can't get on unless you know someone. Well, I don't know anyone, right? But I know where all of them eat. I know where they all eat lunch. So every Friday I go eat lunch where I know all the members go eat lunch. I drink a couple beers, have make some friends. Now I can get on the golf course if I want. So that's cool. How'd that happen through proximity, right? So don't be denied, dude. I want to help you guys get Gary V on here too. Oh, dude, that'd be <laughs> awesome. We'd be grateful you'd help us out. It'd be amazing. <laughs> we want to get oh, big man, names in here, bro. bro. Like we want to get you, man. Musk. You know how I want to get Callie on. Callie's about as big a name as it gets. Oh, yeah. Callie's still no. our best episode. I'll tell you that, Callie, right yeah. now. Still with and you. Actually, love. Love. <laughs> and actually. <laughs> I want to say a shout out to Cali because I want to say a shout out to Cali because thanks to Cali, we actually met each other here once. And now you're here on this episode. Thanks to Cali. So shout out to Cali. I remember, I remember we were all chilling at the Museum of Illusions. And then this big shot, Mr. Wesley comes by. Oh, yeah, right. 
I'm the coolest dude in the world. Don't talk to me, peasants. And we were like, oh, man, we love you. Come on our podcast. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I didn't say that. Didn't <laughs> you always been, he's yeah. always been very nice, very nice, very humble. Yeah. What good was that? Vibes. Always good vibes. Always good vibes. You were... <laughs> no, no, no. You were... You were gone. <laughs> and that was, I think, during your... MIA. That was during your MIA, your MIA movement. <clears throat> Did Isaac disappear yeah. for a little bit? Yeah. yeah. Life. Yeah. Was, yeah. Dude, was, no, only because he was moving. He was, I wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah, he was just moving. He was moving from state to state. Since he used to live yeah. in California, he was moving to Vegas. So that was like that transition. Um, so before we wrap up, this yeah. question I do want to ask, what is a message that you want to tell the viewers? Like, what is a positive message that you want to like do for them? Yeah, I just, I right there, the to that camera, is, right there. Where at? Right there? <laughs> I feel like, I, I feel like I've kind of said it, but like, I feel like we started off this, this uh, podcast talking about how like, when you're in Oculus, when you're in the metaverse, when you're in Horizons Worlds or whatever, like you can go do and be anything you want. But whenever this episode is over and I take this Oculus headset off and now I'm back in Austin, I'm still in the game and you're still in the game. You know, if you have a dream in your heart, if you have something that you want to achieve in your life, that this, this desire that burns so deep that you give anything to achieve it, as long as you're still in the game then it's still possible and you need to believe in yourself and go one more round. So that's what I'd say. Damn. Man. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And that's a wrap guys. That's a wrap. Right, Wes, thank you. To, thank you for coming to the one verse podcast. We appreciate you. Thank you for yeah, dropping awesome. knowledge on us. And yeah, yeah man, guys. Thank, thank you. Thank you very you. much. Man. Appreciate you. The one verse podcast. Yeah. We're all one in the metaverse. Hey. Love it. hey.